Uh, it's just to get your permission to use this recording for the purposes of the Relationship Guy podcast and the John Kenny Coaching YouTube channel. You have my full permission for that. Thank you very much. Hello, so my guest today is a leadership and business coach and helps people to be more productive and effective in their business whilst maintaining their own well-being as their top priority. The byproduct of this being it helps in all of their relationships. Welcome to the show, Sharon Strickland-Clark. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this today. Yes, it's been a while uh, trying to get you onto the show, so I'm, I'm glad you've uh, we've finally been able to get a date in to get make this happen. Um, yeah. That was a very brief introduction about what you do and how you help. So please, please do tell the listeners more. Okay, so I am a leadership and business coach, as you said, and I work with ambitious leaders who are driven towards um, something that's bigger than them. They are they they are looking towards either making a difference in the world or changing the landscape of their industry or. Um, you know, it's particularly when they work with teams of people really cultivating a strong team culture in their business um, and many of the people who are working in that space either have burned out or they have an awareness that if they keep on the trajectory that they're on, that that's um, very possibly in their future. Mm. Um, the work that I do helps them to find a way of managing their time and their energy, um, their drive and their motivation in ways that protect their well-being so that they can get the best of both worlds, right? Because ultimately that's what we're all we're all hopeful for. Yeah. But the, the the premise of it is if you're fundamentally not prioritizing yourself as your top priority, then you'll not achieve all the things that you want to achieve in life because you know in many respects and I, you know to break it down into the most simplest terms, the body that you walk around in is your vehicle. Mm -hmm. And if you're not looking after that to the, the best of your ability, then you're not going to be able to sustain the journey that you take it on. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't try, you know, you wouldn't go, go on a car journey to Spain from the UK, for example, without checking that you've got a full tank of fuel, that you've got enough oil, that you, you know, that the air conditioner is working, especially in the temperatures they've got at the minute. Yeah. You would you would make sure that your vehicle was optimized before you took it on a journey. Mm -hmm. um, and so I work with business um, senior leaders and people who manage teams, but also people who are setting up their business and starting their teams for the first time who really want to get it right from the get go, yeah. helping them understand what do their people need in order for them to be massively productive, super efficient, and also fundamentally happy. Right. And, seems a bit floaty but you know that's what it's interesting so you you not only do you work with people then to make sure they are looking after themselves whilst putting what they can into their business but you're also making sure that they're aware of what other people need yeah to get the best out of them to make sure they're in the best space possible to to help you in your business Absolutely, absolutely. And that's important from two different, well, from two different standpoints. As an individual, learning, or rather unlearning what we've been told about sacrifice, being the pinnacle of success, and how 
you know just dig deeper push harder mm -hmm. that we're learning is not the way to sustain um high performance for high performance to be sustained it's that you absolutely have to optimize everything and that includes in fact i would argue is most important about um active recovery and replenishment if you've not got those prioritized you can't sustain anything right. and from an individual's perspective that's how they that's how they set up themselves to do great work from a leadership perspective, it's your ability to see individuals from your perspective, i.e. stepping outside and seeing the bigger picture mm -hmm. and helping build an environment that sets them up for success. And that's by knowing things like what are your team members' strengths? What are their signature strengths that make them? This is um, Martin Seligman's work. He's um, he's a positive psychologist. Yeah. And um, the work that he does, is all about you know authentic happiness and flourishing he's got a number of books about about these subjects yeah. but this is about setting your people up to function within what are their signature strengths mm -hmm. um and to help them understand when they're not working to their natural strengths either finding um agility within the team so that somebody else for whom that is a strength they can pick up that task or that project um but also then having the resilience um, and the confidence that they've got the support they need to work through the areas that aren't part of their natural strengths. They've got a much more optimistic um, mindset towards it and outlook in terms of um, what they can achieve. Okay, so it's understanding that obviously their strengths, where they, they, where they can get the most out of someone, like get most out of themselves, uh, where they're going to be most comfortable, most happy. And mm -hmm. then helping them to build in areas perhaps where they're where they're not. I guess that's I guess if you go into an established space like that, it's that's quite difficult. Is it sometimes because people get stuck in a rut or they don't want to shift, they don't want to change. There are people that are completely wrong in in some aspects of the work that they're doing. It doesn't really suit them at all. Yeah. I mean, how would you how again if you can share some secrets, how would you go into a business like that and say, okay, this is how we need to change what people are doing. I'm, I'm really fortunate, first of all, in that I don't have to do this all by myself. I've got a team of associates who are all very skilled in different aspects of it. So in some respects, for example, if I went in and I thought these people don't understand each other well enough, I've got an amazing associate who will come in and help them do some profiling so that they all understand themselves better, but yeah. also understand each other better and they now understand that when they ask when they ask Jane to do this piece of work why she's really struggling with it they know that Jane was the wrong person to ask they should have asked Anna mm. or you know, you know any number of scenarios that they don't understand this person seems capable why can't I get them to perform in a way I'm assuming they should be able to. Mm. Now they know their strengths. Now they know what works for them. Now they know how they process and they communicate. It's much easier for them to to be more agile than the team and 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 sort of um, manage themselves and each other within that. So there's 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 that side of it. There are also I've got some great coaches who work alongside me. And when you've got a really well established team particularly if they have entered into a period of change. So, for example, they've either got really ambitious targets um, that they want to meet and they're not sure how to get there, or they've acquired another company and they're merging the two companies. Any big change 
um, environment that they find themselves in, we offer them one-to-one coaching so that the individual leaders learn to navigate themselves through change. Yeah. So that they're great role models and they're really they're they're inspiring their people, that they're communicating in a way that helps everybody feel like they're all working towards the same vision. Okay. Um, and it is disruptive. And I quite like that about my work, is yeah. I kind of like to go in and shake things up a bit. Because yeah, yeah. we do just continue to do what we've always done, hoping that at some point somebody will show us something different so that we can do it better. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I like to- I'm hoping it lands in the right place. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And that's okay too, because sometimes you need to you need to help people see that they need to be more confident that what they're doing is the right thing. Mm. So when you go in and disrupt them, if it mm. shakes them into being much more confident about what they know is the right way forward, they become a better leader because they've got more confidence in themselves to put it out there. Yeah, and I guess with the coaches that you work with, they help in that space if they don't believe in themselves or can't manifest that confidence from within them to to be able to make the changes that need to be made. Because, you know, your brain doesn't like changes, we know, necessarily. Yeah. And, and if we go in and disrupt someone's normal, everyday kind of lifestyle, then it, it can throw them completely and, and that resistance can come in to stop them from putting what needs to be put into place to help them to move forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I I know that there's the, the saying that to a hammer, everything is a nail. But if you're going to put your people through a big disruptive change and you don't get them the support that will give them space to, you know, to say, I'm really struggling with this and I don't know how to go forward the way they want me to, mm. then you can expect average to bloody awful results. Yeah. Because because you've put you've thrown them into crisis and not given them what they need to be able to access their signature strengths again and be able to pull themselves forward and take the team with them as well yeah i guess that's that thing isn't it about leadership is that you're sort of kind of being able to understand people who makes a great leader but i mean in some cases leaders will just go this is there this is the change like a lump it type thing isn't it yeah absolutely and then people fall into this land, land of uncertainty and go (laughs) <laughs> you don't know what to do with themselves exactly yeah yeah I guess that's the same thing what I do with my relationship coaching it's kind of throwing in a certain amount of uncertainty and and belief that actually what we're now going to put into place is going to work but there needs to be that supportive yeah. um, element to it to make sure that people when they start to feel uncertain or uncomfortable or that they're they're able to sort of either put themselves into a, a mindset where they can see it through or they've got that support from someone else to help them see it through yeah absolutely yeah no i agree with that completely um yeah that's that's great i, I love i love what you're saying there about leadership uh, and again getting away from that old mindset that you know everyone needs to be flogged um and i need to flog myself i guess as well in order to get things done and, and yeah. get out of that mindset that I, it's a 24 7 type space i mean again especially when you're starting your own business and when you are working your own business again i find it hard to switch off sometimes when i know that i need to because i'm all always the the business is always there Mm. just about Mm. being able to manage that mindset isn't it that you're you don't always have to be thinking about it absolutely and one of one of the things that stands out for me there is um i was reading recently that um they're saying we've had more time than we've ever had in the in the history of humans mm-hmm. we've had more 
free time than we've ever had. We've got right. more automation than we've ever had. Things happen much faster than they ever did. And yet we are a generation that claims more than any in the past and don't have enough time to do all of that. Right. So it's a big part of the work that um, I find I'm doing with people before we can even get to leading others is how do you lead yourself? How do you take yourself through this ambitious, driven um, adventure that you want to go on with the tools that you have? And, and the short answer is you're not going to. You, you will keep getting so far and going, oh, I forgot to put fuel in the tank. Well, we better go and find a fueling station. And then what happens is you get any number of diversions along the way. Don't They become really enticing. They become those shiny distractions that you see along the way. Yeah. And it's and it's simply because you haven't equipped yourself with the with the right tools. So a big part of the work that I will do is help people. With, and it's boring is when you talk about it, but fundamentally, it's going back to basics. How do you stack your goals up so that you know where you're heading? How do you manage your time so that you're using it when you're doing your most important work mm -hmm. at a point? where your cognitive load which is i when your head isn't filled with other noise so that you can drop into what we call a flow state and get much more done with the time that you've got okay. so um i've certified as a high flow coach with the flow research collective for that reason i kept seeing ambitious new business owners senior leaders all kind of becoming becoming tied to this growing sense that we have to be on demand 24 right. 7 yeah. and doing 11 billion things at once <laughs> and uh, and and that kind of for me it was a case of I know that I do my best work when I can get the space and the concentration to just drop into doing deep work and I'll get a ton more stuff done but yeah. the world is telling me that if I get I, you know, if, if something lands on my Facebook, I have to be within 10 minutes to respond to it mm. and get an email. I have to be within an hour. Otherwise, people, so it's 10, yeah, it's 10 minutes there as well now, isn't it? And it's gone from 11 touch points to 14 touch points. So now I have to be even more on demand. And slowly but surely, this manic cycle starts to take over yeah. where, and I'm, I'll bet you'll have had people on your podcast who every now and then you can see them doing this and they've <laughs> got phone just out of screen <laughs> where they're kind of looking because they can't resist the temptation yeah, yeah i have clients actually i'll be sitting there when we're talking about something and all of a sudden they'll reach across they'll look at their phone and again they become very distracted by by it again i guess it's sometimes it's when we're talking about things or doing things that they're maybe trying to avoid but yeah that you know that that thing you know that little attachment yeah that phone and stuff is always available for you to be bothered by isn't it absolutely and it's what's interesting the, the neuroscience of what's happening there is that they've entered into coaching spaces is a deep flow state for us mm -hmm. right but somewhere where we get really when, we, when we're going that deep listening mm -hmm. place for our clients we're completely locked into them and the level of attention that we're giving them is 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 unique they never have that one-to-one -one experience outside of that and what then happens is your ability to get into deeper subjects that they won't normally visit mm. is uncomfortable. And they're starting to kind of have to think about things differently. And that's what in a flow block we would call a struggle phase where things are all the information's coming in, but they haven't quite processed it. 
And the point at which they pick up their phone and succumb to the temptation is, is when they're looking for a release. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, they're your clients who will crack a joke or yeah. they'll break the tension of the moment. And then what immediately follows that is a beautiful, deep dive into actually what it is they really need to talk about. And that's then they've dropped into flow. They've dropped into this place where they everything's available to them. All the resources are there and they can just, they can go deep and understand it at level. And that's when coaching becomes really powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. they do the work themselves. They dive into it and they go there. Yeah. And they, um, they start to run it all through in their heads and it all starts to click and make sense. And absolutely. Interesting yeah. that word flow. I mean, I've heard it a lot recently um, yeah. about being in a state of flow and stuff. And you said you're a, um, a high flow coaching uh, you've you're qualified as in high flow can you tell tell us a bit about because I'm, I'm, I'm it's a it's above my pay grade that one yeah, yeah so it's a neuroscience based um methodology if you like that um encompasses all of the the the, the best researched by best i mean that's been you know peer reviewed it's 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 very robust it stands up it's well respected and it's 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 been proven to be most effective all the the, the key methodologies of coaching it's taken all the best bits of all of those mm-hmm. and brought it together alongside the new developments that we have in neuroscience so it's understanding how the brain works what the brain needs at mm-hmm. certain times the kind of brain waves that you need to be um in in order for for you to achieve different types of work uh, encompasses all of that with the techniques from all these other methodologies and for me it basically is a is is just this it's common sense it's what you would naturally do anyway but it's what you do unconsciously and afterwards you go how, how the heck was I able to do that this time and yet yesterday it was a real mm. struggle yeah it's t- it's taking it from an unconscious place and making it really conscious, giving them this is a tool, do it this way, keep practicing it this way and watch what happens. So I, I like to set them off on experiments where they explore this stuff. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, they come back and go, I can't believe how obvious it is. I always knew that this was the right thing, but I didn't know why. Yeah. And, and now that I've been given permission, if you like, to play with it and try it out they're, you know they're, they're getting really great results and and that means they get this beautiful you know regular experience of all these lovely neurochemicals that feel really really good mm. which is what is being fed by all the distractions they're being given so every time the phone pings they get dopamine hit so mm. it's like oh somebody wants me yeah. um you know, that that kind of reaching out for all of that, it's yeah. taking it from all these different distractions and now repurposing the need for those neurochemicals in a way that's deeply fulfilling and satisfying and is really good for you. So, uh, so are you giving yourself a dopamine hit by not like that? Because that's an external thing, right? So you get a dopamine hit by the likes on Facebook or whatever it might be, or someone wanting our services, for instance. And in this state of flow, are you saying that we're creating our own dopamine hits by putting ourselves into a space where we're being very productive and everything's kind of clicking and working and stuff like that? Yeah. So this this goes back to what we're saying about signature strengths is doing work that marries with your own signature strengths right. as, as a coach. 
you are getting massive neurochemicals. It's not just dopamine. It's it's mm. all of the chemicals come yeah. into play because you're doing work that's aligned with your deepest sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And 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 so yes, you absolutely are. But by helping a client drop into the space that they need to drop into in order to do you know to get the the aha moments that they get to to be able to be more decisive to have more confidence in themselves to mm. understand the people around them that much better mm. to drop into that they're also getting this neurochemical cocktail that's that feels really good mm. which which is why as coaches we have to be really careful about not becoming addicted to each other you know you end up where you work really well with a client you get so far down the line and go okay this is not this is not actually anything more than us just really enjoying working together. Yeah, now. yeah. it's we, like a little bit codependent in a way, isn't it, to get those exactly, kind of, get that chemistry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because then that takes us to relationships, which I know is really important to you. And this is yeah. where understanding that in in performing this way, you are you are deeply impacting all of your relationships. Um, and 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 I know that a lot of your um. I don't know a lot, but I'm guessing that it's it's clear from the work that you do, any relationship that you work on and improve, it affects all their relationships. For sure, yeah. So, the, and this is true here as well. And and for me, relationships, I've, I've always been, there are three key things to relationships for me. And and this crosses, you know, from, you know, relationship I would have from a, with someone who, is in the same industry as me, like yourself, the relationship that, that we would have with each other, yeah. right the way to and including my my most intimate relationship with my husband. For me, there's there are three key things. And this is where again I talk about Martin Seligman's work is really um he talks about this in a way that I completely resonate with. So I'm giving him all the credit here. I didn't make this. <laughs> But what stood out for me from his work, there are three key components to relationships that I think really make a big, they're what makes them successful. Yeah. Um, one of my, in fact, my top, my top strength is love. And it's the, the key distinction within that for me is it's not just um, loving other people, but it's the ability to be loved as well. Mm. And when you're in relationship, you know, it was really easy for me to love everybody in yeah. anybody it's really right. easy for me to do that okay but actually to be open to receiving love not so much I've yeah. had to learn how to do that a bit more so whilst it's my top strength there is an area that I've got work to do and and that ability to receive love yeah. is something you know as a leader you know, if you're looking after a team, if you're on your own, whether it's in relationship, even as a parent, your ability to be open to receiving love. And that might look like, you know, being celebrated for doing a great piece of work and getting a promotion. It might look like somebody getting down on one knee and proposing to you. Yeah, yeah. It might look like, you know, your kids seeing, you know, the person that at school when they've got to stand and say, who's your hero? And they say, daddy's my hero. You know, it's kind of that ability to receive that and and yeah. allow yourself. If we weren't to name it as love, perhaps we could name it as just being able to accept something positive coming out in our direction. Yeah, yeah. I, and for me, I I like to label it love because that's how it feels. It feels it feels. It's hard to argue with it when yeah. it's when 
that pure when it's that pure it's hard to argue with it it's just coming from a place of love yeah. um, and so that's one the other the other key thing particularly in in my marriage certainly um but i do also think it transfers right across the board is um you have to be masterful at illusion okay please explain <laughs> i will i will i love this one because it's slightly edgy um in relationship with an, with another person for me when i see when they when they do something or they say something that i'm not quite okay with i can in the moment not be okay with it and at the same time see where it's where one of their strengths is coming out so i'll give you an example in fact i'll give you a really current example okay. um sitting in conversation with my husband and we're talking about a project that we're doing in the house we're redecorating one of the bedrooms mm -hmm. and we're arguing not arguing no we're not arguing we're having a, <laughs> we're having a debate about we're having a constructive conversation <laughs> exactly we're to the extent to which we're doing this job we're having this conversation and and i have a view and he has a view now, I think we've agreed at what we're doing and I'm marching on. I'm like, right, come on, let's get on with it. And she's going, no, 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 wait a minute. We haven't finished talking. Right. So he loves to get more data. He likes to get more information. He likes to gather more. He likes to do more research on it. And then eventually when he's good and ready, we'll get started. Now, I'm in full transparency. It drives me flipping nuts because I was <laughs> in school 10 days ago and I want to just dive in and get it done. Yeah. So the illusion that I need to have in my relationship to make it work is that there's a really good reason for him being like that. Mm -hmm. So yes, it drives me nuts because he's different from me. And what's the benefit to that? Well, the benefit to that is he'll do more prep work than I will, which means the finished product will look better. He'll he'll be thinking about things like do we need new door furniture and do we need you know do we need to change the carpet and whereas I'll be thinking just paint the fucking walls it'd be fine so, <laughs> it's okay um you know so that's kind of frustrations coming out there <laughs> exactly so that's I get and then I have to go yeah but you know last time I let his pace run out in a project we got a much better result so actually I go and manage my own frustrations and recognize. I just need to take a breath and slow down and we'll get there. And when we do, we'll get a great result because together I'll make sure we get it done and he'll make sure we'll get it done well. So now our relationship with each other, we're both optimistic enough to know mm. we'll get there, even if we drive each other nuts. In the yeah, I, mean, I guess that's the thing about relations, that, that, especially with that example, is understanding how the other person ticks when you're looking to work together to get a result. Because yeah. like you said, I mean, he sounds like what I'd call a compliant person when I do my disc uh, personality. Yes. Um, yes. And what are you? You're more an influencer. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that can be like you know, you want to try and convince them to do what you want them to do right now, but they're like, no, I don't have, I have yeah. the headspace. I'm not ready for that yet. Exactly. And then they're going, oh no, but I need you to kind of buy into what I'm trying to get you to do, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, understanding that about each other is really important because he can see that you're egging to go and stuff so he can have some kind of understanding look I'm not quite ready we will be ready blah 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 and you can say okay I can understand you need more information for this um, exactly. understanding those types of personalities and where you both come from is essential I think it isn't it when you're trying to come together on something yeah, yeah. in business as well as like you just gave that um 
example of your own kind of personal relationships too yeah oh a hundred percent if you've got a member of your team who you're trying to get a project up and running and they're constantly feels like they're stalling it because they don't have enough information if you know that it's just that you could send them a direction of a bunch of files to read and then you can get going on it yeah and that that takes a lot of frustration out of the um, out of the environment and that kind of that kind of leads in then to the for me the other key component in relationship is that you work with people who are optimists right. and and I really believe optimism is a learned thing you can learn to be more optimistic even mm -hmm. the most pessimistic of people yeah, yeah, I, I agree. yeah I've, done, I've done it myself so I can understand I can see where 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 what you need to do and how that can happen Absolutely. So, you know, whether that's, you know, in an environment where you've got to hand over, you know, if you if you've got a business and you suddenly bring in a new employee and this your this is your baby and you love this work, but you've got mm -hmm. to hand it over to somebody else. If you've got an optimistic mindset, then you can get into a relationship that says, actually, I'm going to trust that you can do this, this work. And I'm also going to trust that if you get stuck, you're going to come back mm -hmm. and when somebody comes into the space with that energy, it means that the person's much more likely to come and say, can I just double check this with you before I take it to the next level than they would if they're thinking, oh, if I get this wrong, it's all going to, you know, it's not going to go down well. Yeah, yeah. So, or if, you're if you're micromanaging them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then again, you know, when, when like I say, when, in intimate more intimate relationships when my when my husband does or says something that I think I don't understand why you're doing that the optimist in me will go looking for the the positive reason for why he's doing that what what is it that I'm not seeing you know that he sees mm. because he's obviously seen something that I haven't seen yeah. and that might be really useful for me to know right now yeah. it's Simple, not often easy. Though. Yeah, most definitely, especially with the more personal, intimate ones. But again, they also like that word you use there, trust. That optimism in trust is having trust. You say, okay, even if I don't really see why they need to do that, I trust that they're doing it for the uh, beneficial or the right reasons, which is going to something that might dawn on me eventually, or it might not, but it hopefully it all works out quite well. Absolutely. And and I think that's the thing. The optimism is about accepting it's not always going to go according to plan. Mm. You know, I, I've been with my husband 23 years. We've had a lot of bumps in the road in those mm. 23 years. It, there have been a lot of moments where we've both gone, are we really doing this or do we call time on this? And we've had a lot of moments where, that were deeply intimate where we've shared, you know, part of our journey together has created moments that are unique to us. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to share with anybody else in the world. And, and I know he would say the same thing. So you know, the key thing, if you were to ask me, what's the one thing that has endured through those 23 years? It's resilience. Right. OK. And I'm a big believer in resilience. And it's that sometimes you'll get knocked on your backside. And it's your ability to get back up, remain a level of optimism, mm -hmm. protect the illusion that you need to protect that, you know, fundamentally got you to fall in love with that person in the first place or, you know, got you to accept the job in the first place or, you know, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. And and come from a loving, kind place. Be, you know, just be kind. And my kids are bored of me saying, if you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
because if you come from a kind place, a loving and kind place in mm. all walks of your life, I fundamentally believe that you will get a better outcome. Yeah, I guess, you know, in the work I do, we need to make sure we, we're very certain about what that what that means, because, mm. you know, we're not talking about just keeping your mouth shut and being nice to everybody no matter how they treat you right because there are some people that again that I've spoken to and have written to me and stuff like that they say well you've talked about being kind but what about if someone's doing this okay yeah okay there are boundaries but well, well, I mean that is a kindness though hmm. I think I think to to leave someone in the dark where they don't quite know what's going on where their trust becomes fractured because the thing they thought they knew about you now is in question because they don't have the clarity that they need. That withholding information, keeping secrets, even if it's because you you think you're protecting them, I think that's unkind. For me, all of that is unkind. Kindness is saying, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Kindness is saying, if it comes from me, I trust that you know that I mean it because because I love you mm. and because I want what's best for you or you know what have you it's coming from a place of I want to do more good rather than do harm right. and so I think kindness is massively underrated and and it's misunderstood kindness isn't about being wishy-washy and mm. you know dulling yourself in the background so nobody can see you yeah. it's quite the opposite it's about being lovingly honest and authentic and open yeah, like yeah, that's a great point to make. That's I guess the kind of distinction I was trying to maybe get to myself is is that being kind doesn't like necessarily mean that you let people walk all over you and let them do what they want when they want, regardless. It's about you saying, okay, I'm being kind. You can you've got, you've got to be kind to yourself at the same time, right? Is yeah. I'm being kind by putting myself out there and being authentic and and being honest and being truthful, and you can trust me and that yeah. kind of space. Yeah. But treat someone with a source of respect and, and 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 love, I guess, like you mentioned earlier on. Absolutely. And again, that uh, maintaining that illusion of I believe you know, if this person's just been really horrible to me, that illusion of there's something happened to them that they're not okay. Let's find out what's going on for them first. Mm -hmm. And then go, okay, that really wasn't okay that you spoke to me that way. However, it's not like you to speak like that. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Or do you um, and so it's it's having the ability to do that again simple not easy but having the ability to do that that's a true kindness that's true for me that's true love is the ability if that to was it. if that was them again again so you you also said i know that's not what you you usually like what about if you're in relation especially because in the workplace i mean in no, is it harder in the work i guess it's maybe yeah you know, gives a catch 22 isn't it is it easier in the workplace? I think it's probably just as hard in all spaces. If someone is just generally in a bad space mm -hmm. with you, regardless of what, you know, like they said, they could be um, bossy or argumentative or mm -hmm. manipulative, passive aggressive, whatever it might be. If that's who they are, yeah. where would you, where would you, how would you then kind of be positive with that space? How would you deal with that type of situation? So first of all, not all problems are yours to fix. So if someone is behaving in a way that's not okay and you believe it's part of a much bigger part of who they are, then it's it's their responsibility to manage that. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. 
So if somebody comes into your space and and I'm quite boundary, I'm I'm told often, somebody comes into my space and they behave in a way that's not okay, I can quite easily say that's not okay. Mm-hmm. You're welcome back into my space anytime as you like, so long as your behavior is acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. And and that's not saying you're banished and you can't ever come back. It's just saying while well, you're behaving like that, that's not okay, and I'm going to keep you at distance. If you want to you know to to get closer to me and you know whatever way she performed whether she want a better work relationship with me or a better mm-hmm. you know, closer friendship with me you need to understand where my boundaries are and what I expect from the people I get into relationship with mm-hmm. and holding that boundary gives them clarity it also shines a mirror for them that says oh, hang on a minute what am I what am I doing that's making this not possible mm-hmm. And that's that part's their responsibility. Whether they choose to do something with that or not is is on theirs. And 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 I can I can step aside from that. I still wish them well, and I hope that they do the work that I've done yeah. so that because I'm not sitting here self righteous. It's been really I've done a lot of work on myself. It's not I, I wasn't born this way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to learn a lot of the skills that I've learned. It's taken a long time. Yeah, fifty years, you would argue. But um, but that's my journey and my responsibility and everybody else's their journey and their responsibility too. Yeah, and, and for those of you that can't can't see me nodding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it take it is a journey, isn't it? And that and that's self-reflection and, and working on yourself and, and like you said, is putting that to other people. Mm-hmm. And whether they work on that or not is entirely their choice. Um, and then it's your decision where how that relationship then moves forwards if you want it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that kind of popped into my head was when you're working in business, in businesses, I guess, uh, and it's going to be the same with like family relationships and stuff, but let's stick to the businesses. What if that person is like your boss or something? So it's actually like, you know, I was thinking about my, you know, your parents and things, and you still want to have a relationship with them or you still want to work for that company. Mm-hmm. But say it's someone who's got that kind of maybe authority over you that is unbounded or speaks to you in a, in a certain way. How would you then maybe deal with that in that when you're going into businesses to help them to resolve these issues? Yeah, so I mean, I've 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 come across some really sticky situations. Interestingly enough, you said about the family. Sometimes it's when family's in the business as well. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. That, that, that can be really sticky. Mm-hmm. And again, it's cultivating an environment where it's completely okay to be completely honest without you know any any fear of repercussions. And I've seen different things from, you know, team drop-ins where it's it's a bit like the, um, you know, what gets said in the room stays in the room. So they can come into space and they can say, I'm really not happy because of X, Y, Z. And, and it's all framed, I'm, you know, I feel this way because that thing happened. So it's not directed at an individual. I think that's the other thing is expressing your emotions in a way that, that tells people, how you are feeling, not that they're responsible for it. Yeah. So it's, it's giving them an, an environment where they can they can do that. The one-to-one yes. coaching space is an absolute godsend for these things because yeah. it, it lets them have a bit of a rant about what, what didn't go okay and then brainstorms a way that they can manage through it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I know you know this, John, but ultimately they know better than anybody how to resolve a situation. 
all they need is the space to be able to reflect on it mm. where they can tap into that creativity so that they can get there um and and honestly if that doesn't work then i would be asking the question is this the right place for me yeah no i agree yeah it's the same with any relationship isn't it in that space is if this isn't if this isn't something that makes me happy, if this isn't something that fulfills me, if this isn't, I'm not in a supportive and encouraging and, and a loving environment, why would I be here? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and I guess, like you said, that can, that's a, that's a stance to take in any, any relationship space. And there's something else that you said, I guess there's also, is this a me thing or a them thing, right? Because am I upset because of me? Is mm -hmm. this a, is this something that's going on within me? And I guess that's something else also we need to figure out, isn't it? Is um is 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 what they're doing bothering me because of something that's going on for me, or is it something actually that they need to change? Mm -hmm. Because we can mm -hmm. do that, can't we? Can put like you said, we can put our feelings, our thoughts, our judgments, and everything else onto other people and expect them to be different when actually what the real issue that's going on is something deeply in that I'm that's going on. For Absolutely. Me. Absolutely, and uh, you know, and things as well. If you've had, and and yes, there's trauma. They call it trauma with a capital T or trauma with a small T. But you know, either way, if you've had a past lived experience of a boss who reminds you of something from the past, that can be unconsciously can trigger a whole load of your behavior mm -hmm. that the other person will be kind of completely bemused by. They don't, I don't understand why every time I open my mouth, it's triggering that behavior in you, what's going on there. And sometimes if, if, they, if as an individual, you haven't done any personal development work, you might not know. Mm -hmm. you, you might genuinely not have a clue about how you are presenting yeah, or yeah. where that comes from. Yeah, now if you never looked in the mirror, you're not going to see it, are you? Absolutely. And you know, we're we're fortunate that we live in a time where um most people have to some extent done some sort of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, maybe two, three generations ago that was, you know, that was not done. No. So some of where we are now, I think we forget to acknowledge we've come a long way in that we are much more reflective than we ever were. Some would argue some of us are too reflective, <laughs> yeah. but that's the story for another time. Mm -hmm. um, but we've come a long way from a culture that didn't reflect. You just pushed through and you got on with it to saying, hang, no, hang on a minute, this is making me feel something, but I need to look and see what, where that came from and what that's all about, mm -hmm. to actually learning that we have a choice about how about what we feel about things and that what we do from that place going forward is our decision yeah yeah no I love that word choice mm. and again I was talking to somebody the other day about the significance of freedom and it, and, and it's Brendan Bouchard talks about it in I think it's his motivation manifesto that yes. freedom is a fundamental human right but yeah. also a fundamental human driver we, we have a need to be feel free and I think mm. that choice word is is something that enables us to do that. Um, mm. It's been amazing talking to you. I'm afraid we are going to be running out of time. You did mention resilience earlier on, and I believe you've got <clears throat> something on your um, website that people can access about resilience. 
Absolutely. There's a recording of a resilience masterclass on, on the website for the business spa. Um, it's it's a really good early touch point um, for people who either recognize that they want more resilience or they want to consciously harness their resilience in ways that they can they can access it on demand rather than by accident. Right. Um, but, but also it's, it is geared much more towards um, people who are going to start leading teams or are already leading teams to help them get into a mindset of understanding. It's not going to go all sweetness and light just because you've, you know, you've employed this amazing super team. There's still going to be things will come up. So resilience up at the forefront is, is actually a really helpful tool to consciously have in your armory. Um, and so that's available if anybody wants to go to um, it's businessspa.co.uk. As soon as you um, hit the website, you should get a pop up there and it's a recording. It's completely free um, and it's a great opportunity for people to start to explore this. Resilience has long been um, flagged as being one of the, the key things that we need for our personal and professional development. So I hope people find that useful. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things. I think it's really interesting for people to watch that because I think resilience is one of those things that everybody hears about and might not necessarily know exactly what it is and then how to kind of create that for themselves as well. Um, so, yeah, do pop over. It's, it's, please tell them the name of the website again. It's businessspa.co.uk. And that will be in the show notes for you to go to Sharon's website. Thank you very much for your time today. If you want to get in Sharon in touch with Sharon, please go to the businessspa.co.uk. If you have a words of wisdom or a favorite quote that you could leave the listeners with today. Absolutely. It's interesting because it's it's one that has stood the test of time through teenage years, early adulthood, parenting, 23 years of marriage, and setting up my own business and running. And it's predictable and boring, but I'm telling you, it, it does for all occasions this too shall pass <laughs> awesome awesome and that is so true isn't it and it is just being able to sit in that space and just to know that that, that is always the case yes thank you again for your time it's been a pleasure having you thank you it took me a while to get you onto the show but it's been I really enjoyed it thank you worth the wait thanks Sharon and I'll speak to you soon right. okay thanks take care